So it's Holy Trinity Sunday today, a perfect Sunday to wonder about God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Or another way we could say it, compassionate mother, beloved child, life-giving womb. Or lover, beloved, and the love that binds them together. Or rock, cornerstone, and temple. Or here's one, rainbow of promise, ark of salvation, dove of peace. In 2006, our siblings in Christ among the Presbyterian Church, they talked at their general assembly about alternative phrases that could be used in worship to refer to the Holy Trinity. Hearing these alternatives, one pastor, the Reverend Mark Brewer, said disgustedly, you might as well say Huey, Dewey, and Louie. He went on to say, anytime you get together representatives of two and a half million people, you get some really solid people and some really wacky people. I don't know the Reverend Brewer, and a part of me feels his pain. Another example was sun, light, and burning ray. Another fire that consumes, sword that divides, and storm that melts mountains. Like I said, I hear where the Reverend Brewer is coming from. But I'd also like to nickname him, for the purposes of talking about our text for today, Nicodemus. See, Nicodemus, Reverend Brewer, and much of the church over time has held on to a misunderstanding of an ancient Christian theme. We hear it toward the end of the book of Hebrews, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's meant to convey the feeling we have that Jesus Christ is our rock, right? Like our foundation. But when we say that Jesus is the same, we don't mean that Jesus is as passive as a rock or the foundation under our house. We don't mean that Jesus is an object in any way that just stays the same. A better metaphor for Jesus is that he's more like a storm, a, a force, a tide, because Jesus came to turn the world upside down, to bring a lot of change to the power structures of this world. Jesus came to change even you and me, all of us, all of creation. When the church confesses that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we're confessing that Jesus keeps on reforming us, right? Always. Especially as a, as a Lutheran church, we'd confess that we are a reforming church, worshiping a reforming God, always trying to pull us closer uh, to God and deeper into love. But it's tempting to forget about reformer Jesus. It's tempting to think that Jesus just wants us all to stay the same. That what we thought yesterday should be the same as today and tomorrow and forever. As though we've got this. Like we've arrived. That kind of sentiment is what moves the Reverend Brewer, to resist any word form of the Holy Trinity that doesn't just say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because that's what we've always said. That's who God is, and so that's who God shall be. And it's the same kind of attitude Nicodemus brings to Jesus in this encounter in the dark. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, 
a leader of the Jews, comes to Jesus by night and he tells Jesus what he knows. Because that's what Pharisees do. They know. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. And here's how we know. No one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. I know it's just the beginning of our text for today, and there's lots more to think about after these first couple verses, but I think the crux of this whole encounter is centered around how Jesus responds to this knowing one, Nicodemus. Jesus blows his mind, sounding like one of the wacky people at that Presbyterian General Assembly. (laughs) Jesus says, very truly, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. For Nicodemus, it's like Jesus just said Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Like, born from above? What are you talking about? But of course, it's genius what Jesus is doing here. Sherry Brown, a professor of New Testament studies at Creighton in Omaha, says, often when folks think they have it or have arrived, Jesus challenges them further. Jesus encounters people and challenges them to move beyond comfort and religious preconceptions into a new relationship with God the Father through openness to the Son. If you went to the trouble of showing up for worship on a beautiful Memorial Day weekend like this, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's likely you have some religious knowledge, some religious preconceptions even. I would venture to say all of us could find some common ground with Nicodemus, seeing him start this conversation feeling pretty comfortable about what he knows about God. I know I would be. I mean, I'm a professional religious person, right? I've written over a thousand sermons. I pray a lot, out loud, in front of people even. Parents ask me what to say to their kids when their kids ask tough questions, and I offer answers. (laughs) I've got some religious preconceptions. I'll admit it. There's some things I say about God that I feel very comfortable with. I think I know some things, like Nicodemus did. Nicodemus lays something out there he feels really good about, We know you're a teacher who's come from God, and we know this because of the signs you do, the miracles you do. They can only be done in the presence of God. And Jesus is like, okay, decent start. Then Jesus challenges Nicodemus to keep faithing. You haven't arrived. You don't, like, have it. Move beyond your comfort and what you think you already know. Come into a new relationship with God the Father through openness to me, the Son. How open are you? Do you already know what you need to know about God? Do you already know how God works and who God is and feel like you should be able to come to a church and just hear what you already believe to be true? I mean, I, I'm assuming we're all guilty of that to some extent. I know I am. We all could be nicknamed. Get it? Nicodemus? It works better if you see it written out, but... Nicodemus comes to Jesus in part to communicate. He's trying to say, we Jewish leaders see you, Jesus. We understand you. 
And so let's figure out a way to make your message a bit more palatable. Because you know what just happened before this story in John's Gospel? Jesus got very political. He went into the temple in Jerusalem, he made a whip, and he drove out everyone who was selling stuff to sacrifice. He shouted at everybody, stop making my father's house a marketplace. Of course, that scene isn't about the animals, it's not about the money changers even, it's about God and the relationship that God wants to have with people. Jesus was saying, don't just buy a bird to be sacrificed for your sins, because what's happening is it's getting sacrificed and then you feel like you're checking off a box. Like my sins are made right again and then you go back to your life. Jesus wants the people to stop checking off boxes and start being in relationship with God. It's the same message that Jesus is telling Nicodemus. Keep faithing. You haven't arrived. You don't get it completely. Move beyond your religious comfort zone in the temple, thinking you already know everything there is to know about how God works. Come into a new relationship with God the Father through openness to me, the Son. It was not a welcome message that Jesus had. His style was too rough, too sharp. So Nicodemus comes in the dark to tell Jesus, look, we're on the same team. You're from God. We're God's chosen people, Pharisees even, meant to lead God's chosen people to do the right thing because we know things. But Jesus, of course, knows the truth of all things. Jesus has so much more for Nicodemus to see, so much more for him to experience, so much more for him to believe. Do you have more to see? As you keep faithing, do you look forward to experiencing more of God's wisdom or just more of the same? Do you think there's more for you to believe? Or have you arrived? Holy Trinity Sunday can become a Sunday when preachers try to explain who God is and how God works. I looked back at some old Holy Trinity sermons I preached when I was baby pastor. They were terrible. Those are the worst Trinity sermons because they're exactly the opposite of what this Sunday is really for. This Sunday isn't about any answers we think we have about God. It's about this beautiful truth that Jesus gifts Nicodemus with, that there is so much more to see, more to experience, more to believe, which sounds kind of wacky, like you must be born from above. Nicodemus is really thrown for a loop on that one. But that's okay. Being thrown for a loop is a part of being in relationship with this God. No matter how comfortable you might feel in your faith or how much you think you already know, Jesus is always pulling you into more, more to see, more to experience, more to believe. So here's my pastoral invitation today. If you do feel very comfortable about your faith, find the courage to step out of your Nicodemus nature. As I think of my own faith life, I have been challenged when I felt very comfortable in my beliefs regarding 
divorce, charging interest, sexuality in general, homosexuality in particular, which denomination of Christians are right or wrong, whether a political party honors the ways of God more than the other. I've even had pretty certain beliefs about individuals and whether they're good or bad. Notice these are all judgments. Part of what makes my faith feel comfortable oftentimes is when I get to judge somebody, making myself feel better. For Nicodemus, his comfort is coming from an understanding of faith that gives him power, which is pretty much what we're doing when we judge. Using faith to gain or keep power, using faith to judge someone else's life, it's just not the vision of faith that Jesus offers. It's not what faith is. Jesus brings that whip into the temple and he redirects Nicodemus in this story because what Jesus is saying is that faith is not a something to be used. Faith is a relationship with God pulling us into more, more to see, more to experience, more to believe. Faith expands our hospitality. It expands our sense of welcome. It expands our understanding of others. It expands our mercy, our stewardship, our generosity, our kindness, our willingness to listen. And it expands all this capacity for love and grace and joy, leaving our sincerely held judgments and deeply felt grievances and all the things that make our faces frown at people and hands clench and hearts harden so far behind that we forget who we're supposed to hate. We forget why I'm supposed to feel superior, why I think I'm right. Faith this relationship that expands our lives reshapes our reason for being. From all these divisive, self-righteous, self-centered goals into God's goal to so love the world that he gave his only son that the world might be saved through him. The good news today is that the Holy Trinity isn't something to be right about. It's a relationship begun by God, continued through our ancestors in faith, available to us now. It's a relationship that challenges us, not just me, but us. It challenges us into more. In faith, we get to see more. We get to experience more. We get to be more. Thanks be to God. Amen.